text this evening will be taken from the, the books of Acts, um, chapter 2, 1 through 4, and then we'll turn back to Luke 24, verse 49. That's Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterness. Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Tonight, with uh, God's help, I would like to take this time to speak about unity, a condition of harmony, or you could say in one accord. What does unity look like? Does it mean that We agree on everything. We know that God made us all different. We have different uh, personalities. We have different interests. We have different likes. We're different. And that is a good thing. We definitely would not all want to be the same. I realize this even with my children. I have two children, and I learned by raising the first one, I didn't learn anything from raising her that would have transferred from raising the second one, simply because they are completely different people. But I do believe we can be unified with people who are different from us. That is a good question. But I believe that God can help us to be unified with those who are different from us. And that is only possible through humility. I believe that God can help us through humility to bring us together to be in one accord. We know unity in the church is about coming together for a bigger cause. Recognizing that we are stronger together than we are individuals. I saw this play out a few years ago at Mayfield Lake Youth Camp. We had a tug-of-war match, and we took, I don't remember the exact number, but maybe four or six of the biggest guys that we could find. They were all adults, and we put them on one side of the rope. And then we took a bunch of fourth-grade boys and girls And we put them on the other side of the rope. And truly the fourth graders outnumbered the adults. But I realized right away as they started to pull, the younger group had no trouble pulling those adults to the ground. Simply because they pulled together. They were stronger because they were unified. And there was, of course, more of them. But individually, they were a lot smaller than the other ones pulling You know, I looked up tug-of-war. I don't know if we could call tug-of-war a sport, 
but I do think it actually is considered a sport. It says in the in tug of war, the first key is strength. This says that you want to put your strongest person in the back. It also says we need to get into the right position. It says keep your body straight and lean back like you are sitting in a very reclined chair. I look at being in the right position. For us to be in one accord or unity, we need to be where the Lord wants us to be. We need to be in the right place. We need to be in a place where God can use us. It also said that we need to take small steps. We all need to pull at the same time in tug of war. You know, even spiritually, we all need to make sure that we are moving forward. It is often said we're either going forward or backwards. We do not maintain. But, you know, unity or being in one accord doesn't happen automatically. It's something that we have to continually work on and building and maintaining that unity. I was trying to think in the world, everything needs to be maintained. There's nothing that lasts forever. Even if you go out and buy a brand new car, you're going to have to still maintain that car. Because over time, that car will break down. It says there in Ephesians 4, 3, it says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the blood of peace. It tells us to make every effort to keep ourselves united in the Spirit. Binding together ourselves with peace. Or in other words, you could say harmony. But as we look here, Luke and also the book of Acts, it says that Luke told the story of the life of Jesus upon the earth. Acts is the second volume of Luke telling the story of the Christian church. The day of Pentecost. That is the day that the Holy Spirit came to the Christian church, promise in the book of Joel. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sins and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and the young men shall see visions. The book of Acts is also called the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. There are three Jewish festivals that all male Jews that lived within 20 miles legally were bound to come. And that was the Passover, that was the Pentecost, and that was the Feast of the Tabernacle. Pentecost means the 50th, the 50th day after the Passover. The feast had to be to had to main two main significance. First, it was to commemorate the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. Second, it was the Jews bringing the first fruits of their harvest to the temple with thanksgiving to God for his provision. At that point, there would have been a large international crowd in Jerusalem celebrating Pentecost. But we also read here in Acts 1, verses 4 through 5, it talks about Jesus eating with them. And he commanded them to leave Jerusalem, 
until you be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there are things that we may want in life, but I believe this is something we need. It was important for them, even before the disciples left Jerusalem, the Lord wanted to fill them with the Holy Spirit. It was important for them to receive the Holy Spirit. It is still important today for us to have that Holy Spirit upon our life. Jesus also let them know in verse 8, You will receive power to witness and tell the world about me everywhere when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Verse 14 speaks about how all of them met together and were constantly united. They were in one accord, and it says in prayer. Things happen when, when Christians come together and they pray. Every time I uh, hear the word one accord, it reminds me uh, of an old joke. I guess you would say it was a dad's joke. Where is the first mention of a car in the Bible? And that's Acts, as they were all together in one accord. I guess the first car would have been a Honda. I remember hearing that as a kid. And every time I, I read this passage, I remember that joke. But being in one accord is being united. And it says when they were in one accord, the fire fell and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all, not some, but they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It wasn't something they worked up. It was something that they worked down and the Spirit gave them utterance and they spoke in another language. Recently, uh, during special meetings, Pete preached on the uh, rich young man. This account was recorded in three books of the Bible. It talks about a, a rich young man running up to Jesus with excitement, wanting to receive something from Jesus. You know, I, I remember as a kid running somewhere with excitement. They don't do this a lot, but during uh, the Saturday before Easter, they would have Easter egg hunts. And I I lived as a kid out in Gresham, and the fire department would put on an Easter egg hunt at West Gresham High School. And they would get us in different groups by age. And one thing they always did, they would have a golden egg. And if you could get that golden egg and return it, you would get a uh, chocolate um, bunny. And I remember I really wanted that. And this time I actually, I was standing there with my sister and I spotted where that golden egg was at. So I, I lined myself up perfectly so I could get that golden egg. And I was a pretty fast runner as a kid, so I thought I had a pretty good chance to get this golden egg. But as I, I ran out there for this golden egg, I found myself reaching that golden egg. I even had it in my hand. And at that point, a, an adult or one of the parent, kid's parents knocked me over and took that egg. I have no idea why that parent was out there. They weren't supposed to be out there with their children, but they were. They were excited to get that egg, I guess, too. Through this, I, I remember I fell down. I, uh, I tore a hole in my pants. My knee was scratched up. To make a, a long story short, the fire department ended up 
coming to my house a couple weeks later in a full-size fire truck, which I thought that was pretty cool. And they gave me a huge fire truck, which was much better than any uh, Easter egg, a chocolate Easter egg there, but you know, or an Easter bunny, chocolate Easter bunny. But you know what? That person wanted it too, but I was excited. But you know what? When I left there, I didn't have anything. And that is the sad part about the story. He left with nothing. This young rich ruler ran so excited to receive something and he left with absolutely nothing. And the question could be, why is this? First, we know that he was commanded to sell all his possessions and give his money to the poor. You know, as Pete was preaching on that, the Lord kind of spoke to me on that. You know, I think receiving to receive the blessing from Jesus, we have to give something up of value. He was not willing to give something up of value. It wasn't mean that he was going to live with nothing. It wasn't that he wasn't going to have any money at all. But God asked him to sell everything he had and give it to the poor. And I thought to myself, he might have been willing to sell everything if he could have kept the money. But he was supposed to give all his money to the poor. He was commanded to help those that was less fortunate. He was commanded to take his abundance to help those who had less. And we read this in Acts, the last part of chapter 2. It says where, believer, where believers met together and they shared what they had. They even sold their properties and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. It says there in Acts 4.32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart. They were of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. These believers were united in heart and in mind. These were believers were much different than this young rich man who wasn't willing to give up everything. Sometimes to receive the blessings of God, we have to be willing to give something up of value. You know, often people ask, what does good look like? I guess you could say, what does unity look like? I believe that these people here in the first couple chapters of Acts, they gave us a perfect example what unity looks like. And they showed us how when you come together, how the power of God falls. Even just recently, one more example. A few weeks ago, we were studying the book of Jonah. And we see once again Jonah running from the Lord. We see that God gave Jonah a message to go to Nineveh and to announce judgment against them. It says Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. How often when we are not spiritually where we need to be, we go in the opposite direction. I also thought it was interesting while the sailors were fearing for their lives, it says that Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. 
How often as Christians, we want to make sure that we're not asleep. We want to be awake. We want to make sure that we are where God wants us to be. It says, and when Jonah saw that God changed his mind not to carry out the destruction he had promised, he became very angry. And it made me think, do we rejoice when other people receive spiritually spiritual blessings from God. The key word there is humility. What's so sad about the story of Jonah, I often say it feels like it needs a chapter five. It just kind of ends. We never really quite know what happened to Jonah. It, the story just ends. But in closing tonight, the world today is doing everything in its power to divide us. The world does not like unity. The world likes conflict. The only person that wins when God's people are divided is the devil. He loves that when we are divided. He does not like unity. You know, I just recently heard, it said the main reason people are quitting their jobs and, and in the past, it was because of wages. It was because of maybe the type of work they did. But it said because of toxic work environment. Everywhere we go, we see toxic environments. We see division. They're dividing us. But God has called us to be united. God has called us to come together. I believe that things happen when believers come together and seek the Lord. But you know what? It starts in our own heart. Revival can start just when one soul, when one soul decides I'm going to seek the Lord and then that can spread to another soul and another soul and we can see true revival. But it's revival starts by our seeking our own hearts, seek, asking the Lord to search our hearts, my heart and us doing and being where the Lord wants us to be. I believe that God wants to bless us tonight. We have an opportunity, like always, to come down and pray. The song is 343. May God bless us as we go to prayer.